risk investigators report Zachariah on that side, this side, Yukonin. And we are back. We're excited and we have to explain a lot. So this is this is for kind of the, the geek. I don't know. The, the, the nerd. I, I don't know what words are politically correct. And whatever it is, it doesn't matter because we're going to probably offend you at some point or another anyway. But first, Zachariah, I got a we got a preview review just a little bit from last time we were together. We talked a lot about Bitcoin. And a lot of people got lost. You know, they were like, well, you know, I've heard about it and you shared a lot of ways to make money. But, dude, I just don't get it. In summary, what is Bitcoin to you? Because you're you're kind of, uh, I don't know, not a novice at this and you actually bought some. What is it to you? What is Bitcoin? It's just currency. That's it's, all it is. It's, that's all it is. And, uh, you know, the way I look at it is if you just look at our U.S. dollar, it's not backed by anything. It's only valuable because people think it is. And, uh you know that's kind of the knock with Bitcoin. You know it doesn't it, just, it doesn't ha- it's not worth anything. Well, neither is any other currency. So it's it's more of a perception issue right now and an understanding issue. And people don't like the idea that it's digital. Well, what if it all goes away? Well, all the banks are digital. I mean they everything's pretty much digital. Yeah, and, and, and they only have like ten percent reserves anyway. So there's not enough money there if something happens. So it, it's just uh, I, Bitcoin is decentralized um so you're kind of diversified from government so the bank of japan can't come in and devalue it or america can't come in and print more money and devalue it or or take money out of the system and raise its value you really can't do that unless you just have so much money that you buy it all up and then you take the supply out of the market but you know right and so Ultimately, if we just summarize the whole thing, Bitcoin is a currency, but it's just all digital. You'll never put a Bitcoin in your wallet. It's just a digital currency that goes into your bank account, which ironically is called a wallet. And we talked last time. So if you want to get more information, you have to look at the archive. And if you've bought and or sold Bitcoin, 323-744-4841 is the number. We want to hear about your experience with Bitcoin. But again, it's, it's just a currency. But some people have had trouble buying it. Some have had trouble selling it. Um, did you have trouble buying it the first time? Uh, not necessarily. It took a long time to clear. In the blockchain? Yeah, well, I bought it I bought it quick. I mean, right. I didn't have an issue buying it. But then when I wanted to transfer something to another wallet, that's when it took some time. And I think that's some of the limitations of blockchain and, and some other things. Right. And so it wasn't instantaneous, but it did happen. Yes. Because and, and what they do, blockchain means they print it out, so to speak, in blocks. And so if you're at the beginning of a blockchain and you're trying to transfer, it might take a few minutes. And a lot of companies I've seen say take 10 to 15 minutes for this transfer to happen. So it's not always instantaneous. But something I saw online and I shared it with you on the phone is that you can actually buy from most department stores now with bitcoin via what are those little cards called gift uh, cards gift cards and so right now there's a place called gyft called gift and you can buy gift cards for like i saw walmart kohl's uh pretty much if it's a big department store and you've heard of it and you can get a gift card you can now buy a digital gift card using bitcoin so the guy on youtube he actually went to the store found some shoes he wanted used his Bitcoin, bought a gift card worth the amount of the shoes, and then went to the counter within minutes and bought the shoes via the gift card, via Bitcoin. So it's really, really, really becoming uh, easier to use. And did I, I don't know if I told you. I, I think I told you. The guy at Subway, I told you about that story. A guy yeah. actually went to Subway 
and certain subways, I don't know if it's around all the United States or wherever, he went to Subway with Bitcoin and bought a sub with Bitcoin. And that's also on YouTube. So Bitcoin is becoming much more palatable. But first, the news is there's a fork in the road. What is a fork? Do you know what the fork is? I have no idea. Oh, see, well, that's because you I just heard research. about it. Okay. And I, I did, too. And so quickly, I'm just going to explain it, not in tech terms, but in very, very general terms. A fork means there's going to be literally two Bitcoins out there. There's going to be the original Bitcoin, BTC, and there's something coming out starting August 1st called Bitcoin Cash. It is a fork in the Bitcoin. And so the way I see it, and I know people who are into this will cringe at this metaphor. You have Coke, you have Coca-Cola Classic. You have the same thing, but two different recipes. And so that's how I'm kind of looking at it. Bitcoin Cash is coming out starting August 1st. Coinbase, which you use, right? Is yes, that what you bought? Yes. Um, they're not switching over to the Bitcoin Cash. They're staying with the Bitcoin. Yes. The futures market, okay? The futures market is predicting, and people are trading Bitcoin Cash futures at around four hundred and fifty dollars. The actual Bitcoin is around twenty four hundred, about twenty five hundred dollars, give or take. And so it's coming in under underneath, you know, less value than the Bitcoin. But if you're an entrepreneur, if you are a falcon. If you are a, a, a Greyhound, Thoroughbred or Falcon, you're in that arena, this might be a new avenue. And I've been asking you, Zachariah, maybe we should get into mining the new one instead of the Bitcoin. The risk is it could be worthless in, in about six months. The, the treasure is, the reward is, it could be worth as much as Bitcoin within six months, which gives it about five times its original value. What do you think about mining Bitcoin Cash? Um. I, I think it's too well known. Um, I, I'd rather mine something that nobody else is mining because then you can just mine a lot of it. Well, I mean, it's, it's well known, but it hasn't come out yet. Right, but there's going to be people mining it. Um, I, I, I think you have to get into something like that as far as the mining when nobody knows about it. If, if you were mining Bitcoin when it first came out and cryptocurrency wasn't even a word yet, you know, then you were on to something. Um you know, I, I don't know. You just have to wait and see. I, I would I would wait and see if it fails like or it comes out bad. How long would you wait? You, you just have to wait for the news to tear it apart and wait for it to drop and then wait for people to say you're crazy and then start mining it. You know what I mean? That's what you do. Uh, I you know, that's kind of why I'm sitting back and I'm just waiting um, with cash in hand to see what happens August 1st. And um uh, Hopefully something drastic happens because that's what scares everybody out. I, I want the whole thing to collapse. Right. So it's going it, to I'm looking at you're looking at it like it's going to be an IPO, an initial public offering, like it's going to come out. Sometimes it's overvalued and that's what the fear is. Mm -hmm. So if you start. But here's the thing. If you, if you start mining it, even if it's overvalued, you're still collecting it. You know, you so you're out of pocket for the expenses of mining it, but you're still going to collect it. So no matter which way it goes, you're collecting it through mining. Right. You know, and so that's kind of why I'm, I'm saying let's start mining Bitcoin cash. But you're saying wait and let's see where the value goes because it might. Yeah, be because the cost you have in mining, you'd probably be better off just buying it outright. Um, I, I, I think with something like this is the technology is so I mean, how many people understand how blockchain really works? Like they can build blockchain. Right. Um, and I, I think it's kind of a. 
you know, there, there's no way to make profit without uncertainty. And this is uncertain. So, I mean, right. what chance are you going to take? And, 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 and I, I think we, we, we could debate for hours. Well, that's the do. risk. And that's that, that kind of is perfect segue because that's the risk factor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and investigating that risk. And we're going to talk about risk investigation today and how to how to investigate this risk. But at the same time, if, if you are a snail or turtle and you're looking for the long term, this could be for you. But I definitely wouldn't recommend jumping in right now. I would take more of a Zachariah approach. If you're looking for, if you've been in an IPO, you know, in an IPOs and M&As, are, you understand those terms, this is maybe something you can look into because you're well aware it is super risky. It's not just a little risky. This is a brand new currency coming out. You know, it has name recognition, Bitcoin Cash. It has name recognition, but it, and it's supposedly it's an upgrade. They've, they've actually fixed a few things. So the goal of the Bitcoin Cash crew, if I can call them that, is to upgrade Bitcoin and make something just as, if not more profitable than Bitcoin. So if you feel that that's something that you uh, are comfortable with, if that if that is your risk palette, then by all means, take a look at BCC, Bitcoin Cash, pull it up on Google. You'll, you'll be able to navigate and search right now and, and find some, nah, not right now, about two after the show is over, but um, you can find out some nice things. Risk, uh, Zachariah. You have some notes on risk, and I want you to teach me right now about risk. I think risk is something you could know it and still not make any money. Um, It's very, it's definitely not understood. Um, I've seen people that have been trading for years explain it, and I don't feel like they do a good job. Well, we'll do a better job. That's what I'm getting ready to do. Um, A lot of people, like, let's say, you know, this applies to whether you're betting on horses, to football, to stocks, to whatever. I just, I just lost on some horses. So let's leave that one out. Yeah, but, well, welcome to my world. <laughs> and, you know, this applies to everything. Risk applies to everything. And the way you manage money applies to everything. So one of the biggest issues I see is people will say, you should have greater than one to two risk to reward, meaning you're going to make $2 for every dollar you bet. You should have greater than that before you make any kind of trade. Completely wrong. Drives me up the wall. Can't stand it. Um, you have other people that want to come in and scrape pennies off the railroad tracks. They'll, they'll risk nine bucks to make a dollar. And they say that's the best way because you, you, you lose less. And it's all wrong because the actual probability that that occurs is far more important. So if your one to two risk to reward occurs 32% of the time, you're losing money. And it's it's so misunderstood when it comes to investing and trading. It's never explained. Um, perfect example. Let's say you have let's say you have a couple bets you can make. We'll call them bets. Some people well, don't like the word. Well, let me grab my phone and I'm going to make a few. So go okay, ahead. Okay, there you go. So let's say you can bet a dollar to make eleven cents. Okay, I can do that right now. Go yes, ahead. you yeah. can. All right. Or you could bet one dollar to make a dollar. Uh huh. Or you could bet a dollar to make nine dollars. All right. Which is the better bet? I, well, you know, I've heard this spiel before, and so I'm going to assume since you're asking this as a trick question, they're all the same. They're all the same. That's right. Because if you look at, let's say you were to win ninety percent of the time on the one to eleven cents, you're breaking even. Fifty uh, percent of the time, one to one, you're breaking even, and one to nine, ten percent of the time, you're breaking e- so, even. So, like on a show pool, basically, you can get like uh, ten cents 
return on two dollars mm-hmm. theoretically that's yeah. about a five percent return yeah and so basically that seems like a great bet but you have to hit it how many times you know so if you're that's, at five if you're getting five percent uh one in 20 you got to hit at least 20 times out of 20 let's see 19 out of 20 you're going to lose one out of 20 times go under yeah you'd have to win probably 20 out of 21 times to start profiting right and so two losses in a show pool you're, put you under yeah which is definitely and, and and favorites run out of the money like that a lot just ask me because i can tell you they run out of the money sometimes yeah so what's the what's the uh solution to this like well let's look at it let's look at it again let's say we increase the winning percentage and let's say we increase the one dollar to make 11 cents to 94.5 percent right and we increase the one to one to 52.5 and then we increase the one to nine to 10.5 percent right now, what is your expected return? Um, profit. You asked me a math question. You know, I it's five percent. Okay. So now, under those same conditions, under those same risk to rewards, each one of them will return you five percent every time you bet, regardless if you're making one for nine or a dollar for eleven cents. You're getting five percent back every time you bet, and that's expected. It's an expected value. So basically. Being that initially everything was bet equally and you have the equal no matter if, if, if you're looking at getting 10 percent return, 50 percent return, 100 percent return is irrelevant. It's, it's a matter Very of irrelevant. It's a matter of how much you're winning at what you're winning. Yes, because you still have to have the edge. You still have to be able because all these odds in Vegas, whether it's the options market anywhere, are all based on our principle that the house has an edge built in. Always. So, so you're not going to have you're not going to have a bet that pays off like a 90 percent probability, but has an actual 99 percent probability of happening so, because they would just lose all their money. And so let's talk about that's what most people are looking for. It, it how, many times, how many times do they ask exist. us, you know, show me something that's going to make me a lot of money with little risk. It doesn't exist. <laughs> and that's the thing. You're already it's already against you as an edge. And. The problem is, is that almost all bets are almost always the same and they only differ by maybe a little bit. And it's just to me, it's a fallacy to say I want to I'm not going to bet nine dollars to make a dollar. I'm not going to do that, but I'll bet a dollar to make nine. But if you were to do the math, no matter what you're in, right, the markets are fairly efficient. You're still probably going to return a negative two point something percent over the long run unless you have the edge. Then you could have a two or three percent. And that's what you're truly making. Yeah, you, you'll take in 900% on some bets. But when you add your losses in, your your actual trade is a percentage. It's usually like 1% or 2% per trade right. when you consider gains and losses. Um, and, and probability has a very big impact. And I'm basing this on efficient markets. You know, Markets are fairly efficient. We're assuming that the odds makers are pretty darn good at what they're doing. We're assuming the options market is pretty correct most of the time. Stock We're, market, all of it. Yes, and most of the time it is. I mean, you're just not going to find a strategy where you can just flip a switch and say, I'm just going to buy this every time and make money because there's an edge against you which costs. And what causes that edge to be lost? Would that be arbitrage, the arbitragers that are yes, out there? Yes, it's just like, okay, you look at Bitcoin right now. You have some edges in there because it's inefficient. So when it becomes difficult to transfer something, when it becomes difficult to sell something, when you have to buy gift cards and go through a company just to buy something, that's an inefficiency. So there's a lot of ways, there's more ways to make money. But when you have markets like the odds makers in Vegas and, 
it just option chains, option chains, and four X. There's just so much computing power. There's so much technology. So many people looking at this. And it just becomes extremely efficient. It doesn't mean it never goes inefficient, I guess, if that's a word. But inefficient, I would use. Inefficient. <laughs> but, no, I, I think that's that's kind of what I'm basing this on. Another point I want to make is winning percentage. So let's say I go from 50%. Let's say I'm winning 50% of the time, right? And I come back in and I start – and my my winning percentage decreases to 45%. So now my winning percentage is 5% less. What difference does that make? It means you're going to go broke. It, it means you're going to go broke, but depending on what your risk to reward is, the return on that. All right. But what I'm going to get at here is what really happens, and this is based off a of coin flip. So the odds of losing 10 times in a row at 50%, if you're winning 50%, the odds of losing at 10 times in a row is 1 in 1,024. Wait, so I, I, let me hit this just one more time. So we have a coin, yep. okay? And so we're going to flip this coin literally 10 times. Yes. And you're saying it could, now, and we're going to assume this coin is balanced and not yeah. weighted, okay? Yeah. So this is a fair coin. The fact that it can come up 10 times heads or 10 times tails is what? 1 in 1,024. 1 in 1,024. So what does that mean? Well, that means, let's say you were going to take that bet. And you're going to get a payout of, let's say, a dollar. You would probably get a payout of a 1,000. Not, you know you know what I mean? You'd have to have a pay. That's what, that's what I get by edge. There, there's your edge. So the, the casino knows it's going to happen. One and one thousand twenty-four. So they'll pay out a thousand dollars and take twenty-four, um, and, and that's kind of how it works. But this is this is what's even. This is a bigger point that gets missed. A lot of people get that. People get that most of the time. But let's say we go down to winning forty-five percent of the time. Your odds of losing ten times in a row are what? If you're only winning fifty percent of the time, or forty-five percent. My odds of winning. Or losing 10 times in a row, I'm sorry. At 45%, I have no idea. I, I bet that chart would tell me. Yes, it will. One and about 400. About one and 394. So your winning percentage dropped five percentage points, actual percentage points, which most people think is not a big deal at all. But your odds of losing 10 times in a row nearly triples. Right. So it just grows exponentially. So every percent that you gain or lose on your winning percentage has a very, very, very big impact on your return. Very big, especially impact. if it's a fair coin. You yes. Know? And so, because like for for our, our casino visitors, you know, we, we look at a digital game. I don't really like digital games. You know, I would much rather play a Kino game that has the actual balls dropped than a digital Kino, because it the the, the numbers are the house is never going to lose. And this is why, you know, we always would study businesses where we can become the house. I mean, the house always wins. It's just the way it is. And so what you're saying here, though, is that you can have consecutive losing streaks. And, and so let's talk just really quick about the Martingale. How does that affect this and what you're well, saying? Well, it, it just the Martingale, if you all things being equal, and this is where to explain the Martingale, let's say you bet five dollars. You lose. Right. The next time you're going to bet ten, $10. you lose. The next time you're going to bet twenty, you lose. 
you're going to bet 40, you lose. Because 80, you win, you get 160. You lost 155, you're going to get $5 back. And we do profit. this because we think eventually everything has to revert back to the to mean. mean. The problem is, is that your payouts are doubling every time, and you can lose 15 times in a row on a 50% bet. You can do it, and eventually you will. And here's the thing about the Martin Gale. It, let's say you get dollar for dollar back every time you win lose. So there's no edge, there's no cut, there's no commission, there's nothing. You'll just break even. You'll keep playing the game, and you'll just keep breaking even. Um, now, if, if you do it like a casino and you get 52 to 48 type thing, then you'll just slowly lose money. So here's an example. Let's say you have a coin, and you flip it, and you have $1,000, and you bet a dollar every time that it's going to land on heads. Okay. Wait, I have a thousand dollar bankroll. Yes, you have a thousand dollar bankroll. And we're doing a head or tail. Head or tails, okay. and you're betting heads every time. Every time. Okay. So now always bet on heads. You end up with nine hundred and forty-seven dollars and forty cents left over. So you lost what fifty-three dollars, fifty-two dollars, and that's how a casino does it, and that's how a lot of businesses does. It. That's how the brokers do it in stocks. That's how they do it on a sports book. That's how they do it with everything. See, people think they're just raking in a ton of money. But you played that game a thousand times, right? And you only had a loss of 5.6%. Think about that. But that's what they're doing. That's that's why they. It, it's like you don't want to bet. They don't necessarily want you to bet big. They want you to just consistently bet so you consistently make money. Because if you only lose 5%, after a thousand times, there's still the illusion of making money, um, and you don't go broke quickly. That's not necessarily what they want. So is this your is this your reasoning behind? I know you, we we talked about it before on option plays. You're like rather rather than playing a ton of options, you're going to take a lot of money and put it on this option. And I'm going to get to that right now. All right. So the reason why I look at it that way is because number one, I think it's extraordinarily difficult day in and day out to actually beat them. It's very difficult. Um, and I, I, I look at it like this. The media is so corrupt and the investment industry is so corrupt. It's literally owned by a handful of people. The exchanges are owned by a handful of people. The media is owned by a handful of corporations. So what I look at is there is a ton of false information. And I want to look for People like Jim Cramer or certain people who are pushing something the wrong way. It's just like the other day, I think Bloomberg reported the wrong earnings on Verizon. Their stock dropped, and then they realized they reported the wrong number, supposedly, and then it shot right back up. You know, I want to look for when the general public and the media is pushing something one way, and I'm going to go bet it another because I took the time to read the facts. Because I can tell you right now, I've been around people who trade and invest, and all they want to use is technical analysis and charts. They don't want to read a company's annual report, even though that's what Warren Buffett's done for 50 years. They don't want to do that. They don't want to read quarterly reports. They don't read anything. Right, but it's just all the information's right there. Mm -hmm. And it's a sales pitch. But this is a sales pitch to a lot of smart people because the only people reading it is hedge funds. And I, I just, getting back to betting a lot of money on one thing, this is why I look at it like that. Let's say you have a car payment, $300 a month, mm -hmm. okay? Forget the car. Why not just make one $300 bet a month? Now, this breaks a lot of risk management rules if you look at it the wrong way.
Because now, let's say you only have a $300 account. You would be crazy under most risk management to bet that whole $300. But I'm going to tell you why that is potentially wrong. Because, look at it this way, $300 is 2% of what number? Did you ask me another math question? Yes, $15,000. All right. I believe I did that right. So $15,000, 300 is 2% of $15,000. So if you're betting 2% on a trade, mm-hmm. you're within risk to reward tolerances and, and, and risk management. Most of, I mean, you're, you're almost always safe or, well, could, could, you're far safer doing 2% than you are 1020. Right. So you're only betting 2%. So if you, I call it imaginary leverage. So if you've made one $300 trade a month, even though it's your whole entire account, is it really? Because if you're looking at it, I'm actually trading 15 grand now, right? But I can only trade once a month. The only disadvantage is, is that you can't trade as much as you want, but you can still trade like you have 15 grand. So up your percentage to 5% loss, which would still be within tolerance. Now you can trade $800 a month, $700 a month. So if you could somehow come up with $700 every month to trade, Bet it all on one thing. You'd be trading like you had 50 grand, but you only have 700. Now, probability says you're still going to make just as much money as you would with the other as far as percentage return. But there's something called variance and deviation. What if you catch a winning streak betting big? So let's say you catch three in a row. You're all, you have $50,000 now. And, and I kind of call that, it's kind of like an imaginary leverage when you look at it that way. Um, and that's kind of what I'm starting to go towards because I, I just think jumping in and out every day, it's just it's just a waste of time. You either put your money in there and, and I look at it, put the money in there and let it sit or just study, 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 make the right trade and bet it. Yeah. And, and I've read there was two guys I was reading their book and they were uh, uh, professional horse bettors. Now, they used to be uh, professors. One had that approach and the other one had the complete opposite approach. So one would go to the track, read the, uh, the form, and he would look for one race to bet his money where the other guy wanted action. So he was going to try and pick the best horse in every race where the other guy was looking for the race. Now, um, at the end of the day, you know, which one actually, you know, ended up, I, I guess it's going to be a, a part of their personality. You know, because for people who want action, what you just said would be horrendous. Like, I, I, I'm in it because yeah. I want action. And that's where I am. You know, now, if I'm in it to make money, then you have to take a closer look at it. Because, like, if you just want to have fun, then you don't you don't care if you lose your money. And that's kind of one way you can evaluate that. Like, OK, I just went to the casino. I spent four hours. I had a blast, walked out with nothing. If you went to the casino, spent four hours, walked out with nothing and you're kicking the car then you might want to start looking at a different methodology because you're not in it for action. You're in it to win. And if you're only in it to win and you're only in it to make money, then this can be a viable way to look at it. But what would you say to somebody who, who, who wants action but still wants to uh, limit uh, limit risk? Well, you look at your probabilities and risk to rewards. So um, if, if, if you have a $3,000 account and whatever you're doing and you bet 2%, on every bet. So your first bet of 2% of 3000 would be $60 and you lose that. Now you're down to 2940 and then now you're going to bet like 5880 So you just take 2% of your bankroll every time. And what happens is you could lose 360 times in a row and still have $2.08 left over. 
So once again, you could lose 360 times in a row and still have $2.08 left over. So when you're under that type of philosophy or way of thinking, you just have to take very small bets, uh, half a percent, 1% of bankroll, and work like that. And then you stay in the game forever. You can go as long as – and then if you do truly have an edge – it'll materialize it'll materialize and and when you and when you're playing small edges like that you need a lot of you need a very large sample size to prove it three two three seven four 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 eight four one is the number if you want to call in and join into this investigation three two three seven four 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 eight four one we've been talking last last time we met we were talking about the the risk now how can we and i'm just going to shift topics just really quick and come right back, you know, the Bitcoin cash that's coming out. Yeah. Right. How does how does what you're saying about risk work for that? Like, how can I merge these two concepts? Well, I mean, you got to to me, what I would do is once again, what what's your style? Are you trying to make thousands of small bets to stay in the game? Are you trying to make one big bet? What is it you're trying to do? Got to know your one? style. Got to know your style. Got to know what you're trying to do. And then two, you got to have an idea of what's going to happen. People say you can't ever predict. I mean, then why are you in it? You know, I always see that you can never predict the market. You can never predict. Then, then why do it? Then what's the point in doing it? You know. So I, I'm going to go against that old saying. And what is it you think is going to happen? So you you think I think when this comes out this is going to happen, and then own it, go for it, and that's the way you got to look at it. And, and to me, you just got to do it because when you listen to Warren Buffett, he doesn't care what nobody thinks, and everything he says is the exact opposite that 99% of everybody else says to do when it comes to investing and trading. 99%. They call him a dinosaur many times in his career, and he is always up. He's he's beating everybody. And he says it's simple. You just lock yourself in a room with your own thoughts. You study. You do what you know. And you do it. That's it. Yeah. And, and you don't listen to people. And then the thing I like about Buffett, Except this show. Even though I don't uh, adhere to his method simply because we're just two different personalities, um, he, he found something that worked for him and he just stuck, stuck with it. He's a, he's a buy and hold. He's, he's more of a snail turtle. He's kind of a, he's a buy and hold. But people don't like him because they feel like he's got so much money. He can get inside information that the normal guy. Yeah, can't but I, I mean, he started his career buying cheap companies. He called them cigarette butts. They only had one puff left in them, and he was basically buying penny stocks. He started out at the bottom. I mean, granted, he had a hundred thousand in like nineteen sixty. I think he raised between people, but there's people that have far more than that that never make a quarter in the market. They never can. It's his thought process that got him there. Yeah. And people hate on the guy like he's not a trader. But when he started his career, he used to buy small companies. But he just understood something different. He looked at it different. And I think what, what I'm getting at here today with probability is getting back into this. It's just knowing that if you drop your winning or losing percentage by just a few actual percentage points, you greatly increase or decrease your chances at winning and losing on streaks. Just a little bit. Most people say, hey, I was winning 62% of the time. Now I'm only winning 60. But they're not realizing that they just doubled their likelihood of losing five times in a row. That's the stuff people don't see. And talking about, I like to call it imaginary leverage, where you're just taking all your whole entire account balance, even if it's $1,000. And you're going to bet it all on one thing. But that's the same thing as taking a $50,000 account and using $1,000. 
you just can't trade as much. You have to wait till you get another thousand. The beauty of that, though, is let's say you hit that thousand and then you hit the next thousand. Now you do have 50,000. Right. So it's just a lot of this is people's opinions. But when you mathematically put everything down, they're all the same. Right. They really are. Um, each one has a psychological advantage. Um, but mathematically, most things pretty well pay the same across all avenues. So what we're going to do then, we got to take a break just to go into our end view just for a second. We're going to talk about those uh, the things that are coming to us from our prisoners. So we've been sending out via um, a company that Zachariah has created. And we send information inside the walls. And there's some really, really intelligent people in there who, who do nothing but study the markets and, and things of that nature. And they send us their picks. They tell us what they think is going to happen. And I'm, I, I actually took the advice of, of the one of the guys we sent our information to because he gave me a stock. He said, I really, from, from what you sent me, the prospectus and all that, I really believe this. And he gave me a target price, a sale price. And so we're going to share a little bit of that with you. This is not advice. Bar none, this is not stock advice. But this is information. And they are telling us what they believe is going to happen. And the first uh, stock we sent in was Blue Apron. Yeah. What, do you remember what Blue Apron is? Yeah, it was some food co I never got any information back on it. Yeah, I got it. I, 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 so you're going to have to fill yeah, me in. I just didn't share it, but I got it. Imagine um, that. But the, the, the summary is this is a, a smaller company that is in competition with uh, Amazon for the food market. And, and so this is, the, this is the risk. Can they get enough market share to survive? And the reward is they can get enough market share because they have a niche. And so it's the difference between a doctor who does everything and a specialist who's always needed. And so if you're into this market and, and, and this gentleman uh, is recommending it, recommending it whoa, for, for me and, and uh, for us to, to look into, he said that he would wait for it to drop another 10 to 15 percent from this actual market value. So he gave me a target price to buy in a Blue Apron at around seven dollars. Uh, the websites, Yahoo and all these other sites are telling me to buy in around five or three. And so I might do what you call like an average down buy. Can you explain that just to me real quick? Yeah, it's just uh, let's say you buy a stock at seven dollars, a hundred dollars. OK. And then it drops to 50. Let's say Jeez. so then you buy another share for 50. No, you so, panic and then you sell. Yeah. No. OK, you buy one share for 100. It drops to 50. And then you buy another share. So now you have two shares, one for 50, one for 100. Well, you put that together and then you divide by uh, two. You get $75. Now your average break even price, price paid for a share is $75. So now anything over 75 becomes profit. That's a. We need to come back to that example. That's really, really good what you just said, especially what we saw in oil here yeah. recently let's well let's talk about that but first let's go to line one from kansas our old friend peter is on the phone hey peter thanks for calling buddy what's up hey i'm just uh calling to listen in right now yeah yeah we we are talking about uh buying in to and, and mitigating risk like are you somebody who who doesn't mind taking risks financially or are you someone who would rather not lose money with the risk i'll do anything it takes to make money <laughs> <laughs> well let's say within limits 
<laughs> within, with, within limits. Thank, thank um, you. Yes. Uh, right, right. Legally speaking. Um, but are, are you afraid, like, for example, have you ever been inside a casino? I have. Yes. Oh, well, OK. So, yeah. So you're not afraid of the gamble because some people are just so afraid. They go to Wall Street, but they're they, they're afraid to gamble. I, to me, it's all the same. It, a risk is a risk is a risk. No matter if you like it or not, it's a risk. Um, so what, what, what Zachariah has been teaching us here today is. If you were to risk a dollar to win 10. He's saying it's the same thing as if you risk ten dollars to win one. Pretty well guarantee it. Yeah, we're not. Everything is pretty much the same, is what he's saying. So he's trying to pull our perception away from what is common and saying, let's look at the numbers, look at the math, and let's try to make some good risks. But share with us just real quick: is there anything that you can share with us that you've taken a risk with money and lost, whether it's in a, in a casino, whether it's a business? Where have you taken a loss? Uh, personal investment for personal business. Yeah, and, and personal businesses are always risky, always risky, always tough. Like, what would you do different? Like, if you had to do it again, I think I'd bring in some finance, good financial advisors. Yeah. Hey, well, <laughs> I don't know any advisors, but I know a couple of the guys who study it a lot, and. Uh, and he's also talking about right now, um, hit that example with Peter, now that he's on the line, he's, he's listening in. Say you have a stock or something that's at $100. Oh, averaging. Yeah, because people panic, right? So imagine this uh, for a second, Peter. You buy a stock at $100, and all of a sudden you wake up the next day and it's down to 50 But let's also imagine nothing has fundamentally changed with the company. It's not because the company blew up or had bad book work. It just dropped. Most people in America and around the world would immediately sell in panic. But Zachariah is saying, do this. What do you say, Zach? Uh, I mean, there, there's there's something you can do. You just buy the $50 share, and then your average price is 75 But that's definitely a buy and hold strategy. Um, you definitely have to really like the company or whatever it is you're buying. Like for me, Bitcoin, if, if when, on August 1st, if that Bitcoin 2.0 or whatever it is comes out, and regular Bitcoin crashes, like I said, I'm going to be their money in hand. I don't care if it goes all the way down to 100 bucks. I, I don't care if it's the worst crash. It's worse than the 2008 financial crisis. I will be there to buy. And if I lose all my money, so be it. But right. that's how much I believe in it. Yeah. And, and Peter, one thing that we talk about on this show a lot is, you know, what type of loser are you? And that's why we ask questions about losses more than wins. Everybody has found something where they felt like they have won and they'd like to celebrate that. But at the same time, we learn so much from what we have lost because we can really can I give look an example? at. Yes, please. Okay, I just uh, one of my friends had made mention to me that uh, you know back when iPhones, Apple was just getting started, uh, he, he had put a sizable amount of money into it, and when when the when the stock dipped big time. He, he said, you know what, uh, he said, I got scared. So he pulled, he yanked everything that he had out or what was remaining. And then he said, uh, you know, if he would have listened to that internal voice that said, don't do that, you know, stay the course, he, uh, he said it would have made him money. I, I said, well, how much money are we talking about? He said $25 million. So 
Uh, I, I suppose the question from that would be how do how do you know if you you have a really good uh, investment or not? I I think it comes down to what percentage of that money in that investment is your overall portfolio. So if it's a hundred percent, you have to be willing to lose that. You know, like we were talking earlier with like kind of the I, I call it imaginary leverage, but you have to be willing to do that. But if you have a smaller percentage, let's say it's five, ten percent, and that right there will one give you ability to stay in longer, but it doesn't necessarily answer if it's a good investment. Now, as far as a good investment, you just got to study, realize that it's probably going to lose, and you just got to believe in it. I mean, there really isn't any way to do it. That's yeah. that's 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 a really long way of saying I don't know. Right, and and, and to piggyback on that, uh, Peter. Sure. Uh, I've read a lot of different books, made a lot of different trades, and I've done this, and I think Zachariah has done it too. I've made, I've pushed the wrong button before in the currency market, and I was selling currency I meant to buy, and mm-hmm. made a profit. I, it was complete accident. All my studies are saying it was oh, going wow. to do this, and it was an accident, and it did the opposite, and I ended up making money. I'm, I'm, there's there's some randomness in this, you know. But at the same time, if you're looking for a good investment, I can say this for sure. Find something you're passionate about because then it's not even work anymore. You find something that you're passionate about. Like I had a friend come up to me not too long ago saying, hey, you really need to invest in this marijuana market. You really need to look into it because it's going to take off. It's it's ground level. Government is behind it now. Invest in the marijuana market. I'm not passionate about marijuana. And I used to watch Shark Tank and say, you know, like. That doesn't make sense. I used to hear him saying, you know, that's a good investment. Just jump on. What are they? But at the same time, I kind of get that now. I don't believe in that. I don't. It's not my thing. And so it was it was more about the passion behind this as opposed to just looking for money. So first, find out what you're passionate about, because you already have knowledge in a lot of areas. And then I appreciate you're gonna that. Be, yeah. Yeah. And then number two, start to find out ways to monetize what you already are passionate about. And so now. Uh, Zachariah and I were passionate about doing radio. And, and so even though this is a separate type of investment, because it's our passion, we're working hard behind the scenes and we're doing a lot of things people don't see in order to do what we're doing right now. But we're passionate about it. And so eventually it will pay off down the line. But right now we're going to work and work and work because that's what we do. When you find yeah. where you want your money to rest, and let's say you know a lot about microchips. Let's say you know a lot about farming. Let's say you know something about oil because you have a brother or cousin who's in the oil field. All of this information now can be monetized. You can invest in virtually almost anything right yeah. now, and no matter what's going on. And they're starting with uh, Bitcoin options are coming out. Yeah. And, and you heard people talk about Bitcoin. Let's say this is your new thing. You know, there's so many ways to even look at Bitcoin and, and monetize from mon from mining, becoming a Bitcoin miner, from buying and selling at peer to peer, you know. And so, if cryptocurrency becomes your thing, you know, then just dive in, and don't be afraid to take a loss because you're probably going to lose. So, what do they say? What type of capital do you risk? Risk capital. And I think that's definitely important because it, it's I, I've taken losses before. I've taken some good ones, and it's just it's not fun. You know, but you, you never really get used to it. You get better at it, but it, it's just, uh, yeah, risk is painful. That's why a few people do it. Yeah, and, and that's in the third so what thing I hear is you no. Saying is you're, Go ahead. You're, I'm, I'm sorry. Go so what ahead. I hear you saying is, uh, if you're passionate about something, you're going to be more willing to risk in that area than if you're not. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and it's not going to hurt. Maybe there's maybe go ahead. Yeah, and it's not going to hurt as much uh, when you lose because you're going to take losses, and that's something that has to be understood on a risk investigator's report. Is you're going to have losses. Be ready to lose. Only risk money you're willing to lose. Right, and yeah. and not to mention. If you're passionate about it, you're going to understand why you lost. If you're not passionate about something, you don't understand something. When you lose, you're just going to think somebody's out to get you. Um, but if you're passionate about it and you understand it, you know why you lost or you could have saw that coming. You were prepared for that. You know, it's just like Bitcoin. I'm, I'm, I need to really figure out blockchain because that's what something is going to happen within that. If something bad happens. But if you're passionate and you want to study it, and, and I, I was to find everything out about blockchain, it wouldn't be a surprise if it happened, whatever, good or bad. Right. And, and I know the one thing that college taught me the most out of anything I've ever studied was how to study. There was a time when I thought I knew something because I read a book. And when, I, when we got to college, we find out, hey, you got a 10-page paper and 15 resources, 10 cited. I'm like, wow, that's too much. And then I realized at least I know something about this topic. And that's that's what's important, uh, Peter. When you're passionate about something, you don't mind diving in and getting down to the details. If you work at your investing as hard or as harder than anyone else, you're going to be successful because you, you know how to I limit can, your I can risk. Yes. Yeah. You know how to limit your risk and you know that this is an area you're having fun in. So you're, 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 you're yeah. gaining learning as well as you might gain, you might gain profitably with, with money. I don't have nothing to say. And you I, can I, I, I was daydreaming, can I, can I and then he stopped talking. So well, Peter still. Well, on we the don't line. want to have dead space. So. Yeah. So Zach, uh, I filled that in pretty nicely, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Well, Peter's still on the line, so let's talk to Peter. Okay. I can talk to you after the show. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, I just wanted to to comment and say I really appreciate uh, what you're sharing. That's that's good insight. Uh, I mean, you. I mean, just naturally speaking, I mean, can you really be successful in something that isn't? A healthy obsession, you know, you know, a healthy passion. Right. So, uh, yeah, um, on the other side, uh, I also want to make money by accident. So right. Right. <laughs> t tell me how that works, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what I did is uh, I I'm an investigator. So when somebody tells me a new idea, I go look at it. And one thing I had to avoid was the inner and outer voice that says that's never going to work. I can't tell you. Peter, how many people, how many times, and even my own voice would say, ah, that's never going to work until I looked at it. My job when I investigate is how to make this work, even if no one else can. And when you take that type of attitude and you go look at something, you find out what is good about it, what is bad about it, how it's going to work, how it's going to fail, and then you can actually give it a try. And one thing I also learned is if you don't actually take a little bit of a monetary risk, you're probably not fully vested in it. Because it's really hard to get a feel for what's going on if you're not willing to put a little bit out of pocket. So I can't. There's a lot of people who are paper trading and they're paper trading millionaires. Oh, they're going to come up to you. I got the hottest stock. I've been watching it for 10 years, man. And it's really taken off. I don't care unless you put money in there, because if it didn't convince you to do it, why would you try and convince me to do it? And so look at it, study it, see if it's something that you can connect with. Um, there's the currency market. You know, so let's say you have a personality and you kind of want some returns right away and you don't have a big bankroll to start. There's something called the foreign exchange, the Forex. You can go to a lot of different currency markets and uh, Zachariah could testify to it. He's lost a lot of money in the currency market. You can go right now, open up an account by Monday and, and literally start trading Monday, Monday night and make money. 
and you can leverage money pretty pretty well, you know, and, and that doesn't take a big bankroll, but you're going to find out right away if this is for you and you're going to be trading currency versus currency. Um, and of course, there's the craze that everybody's been talking about. We've been talking about it. Bitcoin. We have to bring it up again because there's a new Bitcoin coming out, Peter. I don't know if you heard uh, August 1st, Bitcoin Cash. Maybe this is something that you can put some money into and say, what if it takes off? You can make money by accident in wow. Bitcoin Cash. It's coming out now. It's going to have name recognition. It's got stability. It's got blockchain. It's got technology. It's got money behind it. It's at $450 right now per. You can buy any amount of it that you want. And who knows what's going to happen because there's a lot of Bitcoin investors who would say, only if I did it five years ago, I'd have this much now. Well, guess what? Bitcoin Cash is coming out August 1st. Don't say that anymore. Jump in. So five years from now, you're not going to say if I. You're going to say, thank God I. And, and so, you know, that's another right. way to, to, to maybe look into some uh, cash opportunities. Zachariah, what do you got? The only pre people in investing and trading that have no regrets are the people who take an idea – they take every dollar they have, they sell their house, they sell their car, they get rid of everything. And they bug anybody they can find to get money. And they take every dollar they can muster up, and they bet it all, and they win. That's the only person that doesn't regret anything in investing. Other than that, you're always going to have some regrets. And you're going to have people, and whenever, uh, Peter, you talk about investing with uh, friends and family, one of the first things you're going to hear is a horror story. Oh, I had a cousin, I had an uncle, I had an aunt who lost so much when this happened. And, and so just be aware ahead of time, you're going to lose when it comes to investing. You're, you're going to lose, it's going to happen. But one, find a passion, two, have fun. Three, don't worry about the losses because they will happen. And something that piggybacks on what Zachariah was saying, I heard, there was a guy who was talking to us about, he has about 20 businesses. He said 19 of them failed. But the one success is why he's rich right now. So you don't give up. You persevere. Just because four or five fail, you persevere. The sixth and seventh one might fail. You persevere. Not to mention, let's go back to probability. This is where probability is really important. What is the likelihood? What's the average of people? So if you're, if you're starting a business and 35% of these businesses make it, that means you got a 65% chance of failure. That means if, if, if you're taking that chance, it's very likely that you're going to see five, six, seven, eight bad businesses in a row and, and you may not be doing anything wrong. You, you know, if, if you have that low of odds of being successful, you know, you will have losing streaks. That's why so few people make it in entrepreneurship because it's not a high probability thing at all. And you might lose three, four, five, six, seven times in a row. And that's very explainable with just simple coin flipping and probability. It explains that. And, and that's why I like probability because it explains that part of it. That's assuming a normal distribution and all that good stuff. But And not to mention as well, Peter, uh, out, and it looks like in the Midwest, Kansas, uh, boy, it looks like you have some flood. If I remember right, Kansas has some flooding out there, so be careful on the roads out there. Um, but also, too, we're going to be talking about Appreciate on this it. show every other week a lot of different, some are well-known, some are not-so-known ways for you to invest money and make money. You know, some of them are going to be right down your rally. Some of them are going to be so far up too, so they won't even make any sense. What are we going to talk about next week? Well, we got the one guy's been bugging us about credit. Credit, and maybe we can. We're going to look into that. Does he? Does he have any credibility? Well, we'll see because he's listening. So yes, even though I'm shaking my head, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a dumb joke. Right? Bro. No. 
Uh, and so, Brother Peter, we're going to be looking at a lot of different ways for people to make money. And something is really going to maybe stand out for you and just be a blessing to you and everything that you're doing. But we want to thank you for calling in, buddy. Um, you're always welcome. You're like our favorite call-in guest. Yeah. You know, we like to keep you on the line and just hang out with you. It's so amazing he can get through every single time with all the other callers. <laughs> right. We, you know, he's got priority hotline. Appreciate that, yes. Priority hotline. <laughs> priority hotline. Yeah. All right, That's Brother Peter. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you all. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, so what are we going to do next week? Well, you know, you were supposed to do this week. I did do this week. Options. Options. You were supposed to do options. And well, yeah, and I chose to do something else. That right. was an option. So I would say in two weeks we're going to look into the option market. The option market. And and, and this is a it's an advanced market. A lot of people have no idea have, what they have heck no it is. idea. And, and so we're going to make it as simple as possible how to open up an account. So we're going to take it from step one: how to open up an option account, and if you want to trade options, how they can be actually become less risky. Than actually owning oh, the yeah, stock. Yeah, way, way. You know, people and don't understand that you, at all. You have a sleep point with options because you know exactly how much money you're losing most of the time. Which is amazing. Yeah, where other people have no certainty whatsoever how much they can lose. Could I lose all this? Could I lose it? No, options, you can, you know, you can set your uh, bets to the point where, you know, you're only losing a fixed amount and that fixed amount is nothing. So it's very easy to lose it. Right. The same thing as for you horse bettors. It's like looking at an exacta table. You know, before you make that exacta bet, exactly, exactly what you're going to be making or losing. So that's the beauty of what the options market can bring to the table. And I, yeah, I see. Our, man, our time is up. Yeah, I'm getting tired. I, wow. I, I really like to cut it early. I'm getting tired. Yeah. Well, well, on the on the, on the east, on the west coast, it's still early. So. Um, Blue Apron, we did give a shout out to those behind. Yeah, the walls. we never really talked about it. Though. No, but we, we they we'll have to get back into it because they sent us a report. That that's on you. And yeah, and I also bought into AMD. AMD, man, advanced. they're the Bitcoin people. They make a lot of stuff for Bitcoin miners. Do they? Because I know they do yep. advanced micro devices. Yes, they are. They're a chip. I have AMD in this computer. See, I have an Intel pro. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But anyways, yeah. Well, you know, because the biggest craze on the news right now are people in microchips. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and going to work and using microchips. So that could be because it's going into the public consciousness. It's going to be there. That might be a time to get in now to that type of investment. The technology sector, though, has been booming yeah. for years now, or at least this past year. The NASDAQ is just uh, running everybody over. Well, give us predictions now. We got to get our two predictions. Oh, for, this is the part where yeah, we get to, predictions for the next two weeks now. We're two going weeks. To do some, I think Amazon is going to sell off. Amazon down? Yes. So if you were doing a binary option, which is kind of fun, down on your binary right now. Absolutely. Down I hate Amazon. And this is purely emotional. All right. I think they're getting too greedy. And I think they're and, and I don't think their business model is that great. Now, Cleveland Browns. I'm the Browns. only person in the country that thinks that. We gotta hurry up. Cleveland Browns. Over or under four and a half. Uh, we're not gonna know this, but four and a half wins for the season. Cleveland Browns playoffs. Okay, that's just ridiculous. No, so it's I not could, ridiculous. You know how many times in the NFL a team show. who has the worst record in the league turns around the next year and wins the playoffs? It happens all the time in the NFL. So I'm going to go right now, and I'm going to call my friend in Vegas. I'm going to go ahead and put over four and a half because that's absolutely what, okay. Absolutely, that coach is going. That, that's a good coach. Final prediction: have. Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. Will it catch before the end of the year? Bitcoin, Bitcoin I, Cash. I don't understand it enough. Yeah, I'm saying it's going to catch up. Bitcoin Cash will catch up to Bitcoin. 
and give it a little competition. Um, I think Bitcoin is going to decrease a little bit out the gate because of this competition. There's just going to be some name misrecognition. And I'm going to say Cleveland Browns, uh, four and a half is such a good line. I'm going under. There's going to be some injuries, going to quarterback controversy. Cleveland Browns under. And then next week we'll get into our Super Bowl picks and playoffs and everything. Yeah, but I don't know. No more. Yeah. Okay. Well, for Zachariah, this is Yakanen. You have been listening to the Risk Investigators Report. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, bless.